Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Sagoon, a Muslim wellness podcast by Nasimko. My name is Farhana Kasamali and I will be your host through this journey we take together towards holistic wellness within an Islamic framework. Over the course of the next year, we will be speaking to 12 community leaders, experts, and mental health and wellness professionals who will enrich us with their healing words, stories, and personal journeys on the path to wellness. And let not their speech grieve you. Indeed, honor due to power belongs to Allah entirely. He is the hearing, the knowing. Surah Yunus, Ayah 65. Join me every month as we begin these essential conversations to promote our community's well-being and healing and to begin to unravel the ways in which we as a community can heal individually, internally, and also collectively in unity. Please note, this episode contains themes of depression, anxiety, spiritual trauma, and other potentially triggering discussions. If you or someone you know is in crisis or in need of support, please look to our show notes for resources. Our guest this month is Samia, also known as the Rogue Muslim. When she isn't disrupting the status quo and starting discourse through her podcasts and social media platforms, Samia manages a diagnostic imaging clinic with previous experience in intersectional social justice. Samia is an activist, community leader, and educator. The Rogue Muslim is a podcast for Muslims about Muslims by a Muslim. It seeks to destabilize the binaries of good Muslim versus bad Muslim within the Ummah and external to the Ummah. Welcome, Samia, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. And thank you also to the team for just the amazing conversations you guys are bringing to light. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. So first off, I have to ask, can you explain the name of your podcast, The Rogue Muslim? What is a rogue Muslim exactly? <laughs> a rogue Muslim can be whoever you want to be. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it started off, um, I, I think it was, oh God, my mind is just like, like when did I start this? Um, it was after I had graduated from my master's um so I graduated and I was in this transition phase where I don't know if people who've gone through university have experienced this but you kind of have if you're following a traditional trajectory you kind of have your goals in mind your vision right like you're going through um middle school high school okay the next step is university the next step could be your master's but whatever like end point your education has thereafter it's kind of like an open field like you're you're in the world you're trying to figure it out everything is different it's not so structured and there's not so many you know guidelines per se to to have to follow and to support and um I was in this phase where I was like I really I'm struggling a little bit like I don't know my purpose right now I was working um in a field that I hadn't studied just as a temporary um you know, kind of means of support. <laughs> and um, yeah. I really was struggling because I wasn't having those conversations that I wanted to. 
or around the types of conversations that I was used to. And at that time I had started, I transitioned from a Blackberry to an iPhone. I became a big girl. <laughs> I really like, I'm, I'm from Kitchener, Waterloo. So I like, that's where Blackberry is from. And I stuck out for as long as possible. Um, and then I transitioned and I came into this whole world of podcasts. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Like you can have yeah. so many interesting conversations um, and of different perspectives and meet so many people. So as I began listening, I kind of got into the um, Muslim circle of podcasting. And I realized there really wasn't at that time a lot of representation yeah. for Shias or for or for Muslims in general. Um, so at the I was like, you know what? I like talking to people. I enjoy it. I love hearing different perspectives. Um, and so I thought, OK, why don't I give this a shot? So I kind of workshopped some uh, names, which were quite embarrassing and we don't need to go there, to be honest. <laughs> but um, the Rogue Muslim kind of came about because I thought that there's so many people out there that stick a Muslims in binaries and assumed um, perspectives and boxes. And as well as Shias, like people think that yeah. we are a certain way or maybe they've been fed certain beliefs of who we are. So I wanted to break those concepts and go outside of the bi binaries of what's known as the good Muslim, the bad Muslim, you know, because um, for many Shias would be classified as a bad Muslim. But what is that? Who are you? labeling right when you are giving these labels and what kind of characteristics do these people hold um i think there's such a broad spectrum of spirituality and ways of doing life and and being spiritual yeah. and connecting to allah um so i really wanted to bring all those different types into the forefront um and so we were kind of i wanted it to be a place where we are breaking free of um, those assumed identities placed upon us um, and that we are reclaiming those narratives and we're saying well this is actually what I as an individual am like and how I understand the Ummah and we're expanding the definition and the perspectives of Ummah. Um, so that's what it for me it it means and continues to be a rogue Muslim. I, I have had a lot of people ask if I am part of Shaitan's army. Um, so no. Just, no literally I, like I get I used to get so many DMs being like, why are you rogue? Are you, what are you um, professing? Like you must be professing satanic things. I'm like, can you just look at the podcast for a second or, oh, or the social media? I'm like, I pray to God that it's coming through that I am a lover of Allah and, the yeah. and that these are kind of like love letters to Islam essentially yeah. is what it is. It's just the, the perspectives aren't going to necessarily be defined by by harmful kind of um perspectives and biases that have been fed through time inshallah right like i really it's right. a celebration of islam it's a celebration of allah it's a celebration of being muslim and uncompromisingly muslim and and shia at the end of the day as well like because that's what that is who we are and and it's not to say I've only had Shia guests on the podcast I've had um, Muslims from all backgrounds but it's just amazing that we can have beautiful conversations that centralize Allah and I think in a way inshallah that is reflective of where the ummah can be when we have that base level of compassion and mercy that Allah shows on us so that we can show on others. I find that pushback to be interesting it kind of reinforces why you felt the space was needed 
just because sometimes we for externally as she is we we get this oh this is what you guys are like you know people look up a shia country and say you must all be like this and then Mm -hmm. internally we're also kind of feeling and hearing the same things like if you don't do it this way you're not doing it correctly so feeling that balance between the external this is who you are and internally you're not good enough you're always kind of caught in between the too and the fact that someone said you're part of satan satan's army is just it solidifies that thinking right yeah i'm like you're you're kind of um falling into what i'm trying to push back against almost and what the reason like you said the reason that this has been started is to kind of dispel those uh, biases yeah interesting how did you respond to her out of curiosity (laughs) Or did you even? Um, I don't even think I. I think I. I more put it out publicly. Not. Yeah. I don't like. I don't ever shame. Like that's that's part yeah. of my social media akhlaq. But I, right. I kind of open it up as a dialogue because I didn't know if other people were feeling this. Um, there's also it's it's really interesting what people will assume with the name as well. Um, right. uh, other people also. I think a lot of people assume I'm a man. Um, yeah and and obviously those are without those who haven't heard the podcast but a lot of people will like you know start with bro or brother (laughs) sister (laughs) but thank you Uh, you. (laughs) so like I I always open it up to like dialogue of like you know what is it about certain words like what do these words give off um and why and and I think it's fair like rogue is you know, if you're looking at it uh, in like a in like a colloquial way, so to speak, rogue has always been veering off the path, and that's not necessarily associated with goodness. Um, so I can appreciate that 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 is a perspective, but I always want. I'm like, how do we get to shaitan immediately? <laughs> that's a pretty. Big that was deep. like another. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I have responded in the past of just saying like, you know, this kind of just sharing my perspective of why um why the name came about I often find that some people like especially online like it's so difficult to kind of figure out people's way of communicating online like everyone's is so different so I always like I always find that having some basic akhlaq and approaching it with compassion and and curiosity um it, it does help because I've found so many times where I could have taken things personally, or I could have taken things with offense. But the, if you just respond with a base level of a clock that, you know, is exemplified by the Ahlul Bayt, it really like, it just calms everything down. It brings about yeah. different perspectives. It like highlights the beauty of one another and, and get brings out the dialogue as opposed to shutting it down. Um, and mm-hmm. I find people are really responsive to that. Um, and I think like that's, it just, it's been a reminder of not only online, but in your offline life, like how you can approach people. Um, Because you just don't know people's experiences, people's previous like lived history. You don't know how it shapes their perspectives and why they think the way they do or how, why they say certain things. Um, It could be a, you know, it could be a variety of things. It could be survival skills. It could be just the the surrounding that they've been a part of their upbringing. It doesn't mean that you have to respond 
directly in kind. You know, like I, I, I'm always inspired by just our greeting of salam alaikum, wa alaikum salam, wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're saying salam and that, and then you're going to respond with an even better salam. And that's yeah. kind of like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's such a small example, but it's like, whatever you do, however somebody responds, respond better than they responded so that you can then yeah. bring one another up. Right. And, and yeah. so it, it's one of those things that where the online sphere kind of has an impact offline. Um, yeah. And I think in this world, we're so like what is online versus offline really? Like it, it all kind of amalgamates at this point. And, and we're so, it is no separate sphere of influence or, or action or reaction. And I think it's, it's just so important to maintain, you know, that level yeah. of compassion and mercy that is so intrinsic to our faith. It's intrinsic <laughs> to our faith, but it's also sometimes really difficult to do because if someone's going to be aggressive and petty Mm -hmm. sometimes our first reaction is yeah you know what I can I can be even pettier so yeah yeah it's so true like I there have definitely been times where um I I have wanted to respond in ways where I'm like come on let me just I just want to show you what you're saying like it doesn't make sense like come on and and you know you see I think maybe at the height of like cancel culture or clapback culture, you kind of, I think maybe, maybe this is one, one place where it is easier to react when you're online, when you're just like a, a keyboard warrior, so to speak, or, um, or you're not necessarily gonna face like physical repercussions of what you're saying. Right. But at yes. the same time, like it's, we still do have a digital footprint and that digital footprint has a spiritual impact as well and and a spiritual footprint for this life and the hereafter so as much as there have been times where I'm like oh my god dude like what (laughs) where is this coming from what are you saying like I would love to kind of give you a a response that would make me maybe feel temporarily good but um and and really kind of you know put you in a place so to speak like that that's a natural um or it can be a natural reaction when you're experiencing or when you're witnessing certain things or you've witnessed certain things in the past but I I I've always been grateful to Islam for reminding me to not speak out of anger because it's always come back way better when I've when I've stepped back and and I I've always like you know, the way, one of the biggest tenets, so to speak, I have for my social media akhlaq is um, the story about Imam Ali, and I cannot, I forgive me, I cannot remember which battle it was in, but he, he, he was fighting somebody, and they spit on him, and he, yeah. at that moment, he was so angry, right, and, and yeah. we're told, like, he went back, reflect, like, you know, prayed, reflected a little bit, took some time, and then came back, and finished it off right Right. but but he says that it's because if I had if I had you know brought my sword to him um at that point in the heat of battle when I was insulted the intention of that would not have been right I would have done it for my ego whereas I had to go back and remind myself who was I submitting to for this action to to have the best of intentions so to speak right? right and so I always have to remind myself that okay who am I doing this for it's not 
a part of it is for me because I love having these conversations, but a part of it, like I said, is love letters to Allah. And I pray that this is part of my submission and my worship to him. So I cannot taint that. And if, if I have people that are, you know, engaging in, in what I am, I am putting out there, then I'm also responsible for that. And I cannot, I can't put out a message of loving Islam and loving Allah while also being hypocritical and and hating or or judging or acting in a manner that doesn't represent what Islam is. Um, so I was I, I always like, yeah, I have to step back and be like, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm gonna let Allah deal with it in, in yeah. however way he needs to deal with it. Um, but I'm I'm not going to lower my akhlaq. Um, and that and that goes online and offline. I think it's just a little bit harder online when you're like okay I, I you don't know me like I could literally say anything yeah. um but you have to kind of st- step back and reflect and and think about that and and you know with all these things with submitting to Islam I have these like every year I give myself a word where I'm like what is what am I going to focus on this year right yeah. and so this year my word is submission and so it's like what am I doing in my daily and in, in the minute to submit so that it becomes intrinsic and it's not something that I not that I don't have to focus on because I think we're always learning we're always going to be tested with how to submit but it's not something that I find a burden because I've been able to integrate it into a lifestyle because Islam's a lifestyle like when you respond out of anger or just increased emotion you always regret it you're always kind of why didn't I just take the five minutes why didn't I just cool off why did I just say the first thing that take a breath and step away that's really great advice to follow but also all this comes from experience like not necessarily (laughs) online but offline where I'm like oh my god I wasn't like I needed to exercise patience in that moment and I didn't and So I found you on your podcast. I think it was at the beginning of COVID. It must've been 2020, like early 2020. And um, I was just, I loved it. It was like kind of a a one-way conversation with a friend. And then I followed you on your Instagram account. So as much as social media has been a way to connect and unify, it's also kind of detrimental to our mental health and self-esteem in certain aspects. Mm -hmm. How do you think social media and popular discourse externally around Muslims and Islam impacts the mental health of Muslims in the West? Yeah, I think it's such an important ongoing conversation. I mean, I know when, so I, prior to having this platform, I actually wasn't on social media. So I didn't like, I I wasn't there when like Instagram and Twitter first started, like, so I, I wasn't really like involved with the discourses per se um, in uh, like intimately of what was going on social media. Obviously, like when you're online, you do get you, you see the way that people will label you, the way that um, externally non-Muslims will put on those identities for you or those biases or the way they speak about mental health of Muslims versus the way they speak about mental health of non-Muslims, right? Like we're all suicidal, we're all, um, you know, terrorists, we're all abused and we're all, and not to say that there is, but it's just a human 
it's a human issue. It's not a Muslim right. issue, right? Like, like the way that they, um, the way that they um, narrate us is to be a very, uh, we're very one-dimensional and we have to fit into this box. And if we don't, well, they'll figure out a way to expand the box so that we still fit into it. And it's still them um, imposing uh, expectations and identities on us. And so I think that is so, it's so detrimental to our mental health where we're trying to figure out a, I mean, we're, especially if you're Muslim living in the West, you've got these dual identities. You've got your identity of your home. You've got your identity of your school. And, and that's just like a baseline. You've got your identity of yeah. the mosque. You've got identities of whatever micro communities you are a part of um, that you're always trying to figure out how to engage and how to um, be a part of it whilst also learning who you are and and submitting to the will of god and 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 these are such broad terms but that have like it's difficult it's all so difficult because you're Very. always being pulled right yeah you're always being yeah. pulled in so many different directions you don't know which like you know we have guidance but um it doesn't mean that we're immune to struggle it doesn't mean that we don't know how and where to put that guidance into place it doesn't mean that we we know like that guidance is there but if we're not um being if if we're pulled in directions that mean that we can't adhere to that guidance with confidence um and and with conviction it is going to pull us in different directions. It is going to mean that we are going to have to figure out where this all fits in, if at all. And that's not to say that it doesn't fit in. It's just naturally we're like, well, how do I apply Islam in this situation? How do I yeah. apply this, this particular teaching of the Ahlul Bayt in this situation where actually my identity for survival's sake is quite different. Um, and it's not to say that that's the space you should be in then, but sometimes we're not, we don't get to choose the spaces we're a part of. And so it is such a pull and a tug um, on how to how to deal with it. So you're already struggling with so much internally of your identity, of who you are, of how you submit, of, of where to submit. And then you've got all of these everything, like, else. everything else on top and also we live in a digital age like it's not like we have that luxury of having our small community spaces and this is all we know and this is what we'll know for time like we are in an era of whether we like it or not it's an era of overexposure over influence over like we, we just have too much being thrown at us and our brains can only filter so much and we as individuals can only handle so much. So if, if what we are being, you know, we're not all going to know the niche little pockets of media, right? Like we're going to, like most of us, um, or actually everyone, whether you'd like it or not, you're still going to be exposed to the mainstream media. If the mainstream media is telling you, you are a terrorist, you're mentally ill, you're an abusive man, you're a submissive woman, you are, um, you're, you're not free. You, you know, if, if, you know, whole nations are going to go in an, for an illegal war on terror, because they say that we they need to free women like obviously that's going to impact us that's going to impact uh, how we view hijab how we view our safety as muslims how we view how we're going to survive in this world um 
And we then need to make choices. And it's not that one choice is better or the other because we're all coming at it with different perspectives. We're all coming at it with different fears. We're all coming at it with different understandings. But it still takes a toll on you. Whatever path you choose, and yes, we're going to be tested, but these tests are also ones that we don't, we don't have control over tests, so to speak. We have control over our reactions, but as you're growing, you're still trying to figure out your reactions. You're still trying to figure out who you are and how you're going to navigate it. And everyone's journey is different. Like, I, you know, we obviously pray that our journeys lead us to Allah and that we do have that tawakkul and that conviction to stay on that path. But it doesn't mean that we are isolated from all this other fluff, so to speak, that we're exposed to. And so I think it really... I think the beauty of the online Muslim spaces has been that we've been able to reclaim our identities and we've been able to have conversations that are not, um, we, we don't have to struggle in silos. Like we are able to say, hey, you know what? Like growing up, I always felt this dual identity and I didn't know how to react to it. And now I've seen like since 2016, or whatever it was that I've been on social media. Like I have seen that beautiful growth um, of, of having increased confidence in who we are and having confidence to say, you know what? I was in the space that wasn't actually leading me to God. And through social media, I've been able to implement small but effective changes that have bettered me and bettered my relationship with Allah. And I, I always, you know, the other thing is, is that, AI is really wild and it will give you yeah. like perspectives that you are comfortable with or that you know and stuff. So for me to say this, it's all within my own perspective, right? Like I am in that field of social media where it is Muslim central um, and it is Muslim dominated. So I am seeing those uh, naturally, those are the things that are suggested to me. So right. I can only speak from that perspective because that's the only type of social media I've ever known. Um, but for others, it might be that like, and this is what I pray with the rogue Muslim. It's like, you might come across this platform or any other platform, and it could just be your one space in your day where you're being reminded of, of Allah. Um, and you're being reminded that we're not alone and that we shouldn't be going through this alone and that we all have struggles, but we, we need to lean on each other. Like we were made to know one another. That's not just in like their literal sense of that, of that ayah. It's also in like an intellectual, emotional, spiritual sense where we, we need to rely on each other. That's why we're here. That's a part of the beauty and the mercy of Allah. Like I always and sorry, this is veering a little bit of a way away from like the macro impact of social media and mental health, but I always reflect on Karbala and what a journey that was for, um, for, you know, being able to take lessons on mental health. Like in, in a moment where Imam Hussein was tested with the biggest trial a human being could go to. And yes, he had that tawakkul and yes, he submitted, but it doesn't mean he didn't use what resources Allah had provided. He, he reached out to people. He reached out to family. He reached out to friends. Yeah. He reached out to community members far and wide to help and support. It's not that he did this in isolation. He said, and, and also he, you know, when I look at, when I look at the men of Karbala, and this is, so if we're going to gender mental health a little bit right now, 
these are men that showed that crying is okay. That stepping away from your ego is okay. Actually, it's beneficial, right? <laughs> right? Uh, right? That forgiveness has a beautiful impact. These aren't women that were doing these actions. These, these emotions that are, first of all, only human and natural and aren't gendered, they are reflected in Karbala through the men for for good stage of it right and and it's the men who are showing this empathy this kindness this forgiveness this mercy this reaching out crying hugging like all these emotions are coming from the men of karbala and so i'm i'm always reminded that we don't even if 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 mom was saying in the hardest thing that that the universe has ever witnessed can go through that and come out still reaching out, still supporting, still having that faith. And then through the strength of one another, through the strength of humankind and the mercy that Allah shows, then to also reflect that mercy. You know, there's a beautiful hadith by Imam Sadiq that says, whoever alleviates a fellow believer um, in, in, in anguish, uh, Allah will alleviate that for him and will bring him um, out of his grave with a light. And so it's not just that, right? And it's not just yeah. that when we reach out that we're doing it for ourselves. Like it, it is an opportunity for another believer to also be put in that path of Allah. And we don't know how, like reaching out sometimes is just the opportunity for another person of faith to also see God in another way or be a part of that journey to God in another way. And so it's, you know, there, there is this stigma of mental health um, that it, it, you know, you shouldn't reach out or I can't reach out. I don't want to burden others, but that is also why we are here to be there together. Yeah. And so, you know, when, when we see these kind of macro um, influences of social media on mental health and, you know, the way that we, that is imposed on us as we're like all isolated individuals and we don't know how to talk about mental health and we can't reach out. We have to remind ourselves that it's also an act of resistance to those external impositions to take care of ourselves and to take care of the Oma. So if there are mental health issues which there are in every community whether you're muslim or not it's still an act of resistance to take care of one another it's still an act of resistance and a pushback to say okay we know that there is there are people struggling with their health and and that is mental health is a spectrum it's a journey it, we all have mental health whether that's right. our wellness or it's it's a place where it we're not doing we're not in a healthy frame of mind or frame of perspective or or actions right like we all yeah. experience that and that is we're all going to be tested with it but we we don't have to do it in isolation and we don't have to we don't have to accept these presumed notions on who we are um, and so I find that externally we we are struggling with all these different um like I keep saying perspectives but really it is a word like these perspectives yeah. on on who we are and what we're expected to be um but it it doesn't mean that we submit to that. We have a higher thing that we're submitting to. We have a higher power that we're submitting to. So if that imposition doesn't align with Islam, then we just chuck it, bin it. It doesn't 
doesn't apply and that's obviously easier said than done but very much so uh, you know right but uh, yeah like it 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 means that we can then if we have these open and honest conversations of how you know reading this article headline or this perspective impacted us it it means that we are able to then disregard it together if we actually talk about it if we actually have those uh, open conversations with compassion and mercy we can resist it and we can submit to actually what what we should be submitting to instead of wasting our efforts and our time um on that which we shouldn't yeah i think those um identities that we feel we need to fit into whether it's through the external kind of world or internally through our communities can lead to a constant questioning like as you're going through your day like when you're in the office am i this person am i this person like when i go into work i'm i'm a hijabi but i'm also this i'm also a b c d and then you're making these choices which at the end of the day leads you to be just really exhausted and then you're just questioning every dis- this and this and this was I did I prove myself as uh, a tax manager did I prove myself as a CPA did I prove myself as a single mother did I prove myself as you know um, a daughter and then you're left kind of thinking did I lead a god-centric lifestyle at all like in this yeah. whole day of questioning <laughs> yeah. myself and beating myself up yeah did I do anything that proved who I am as a Muslim, a Shia, yeah. a female, anything like that? Yeah. So this leaning on each other as a community is is critical. It's because so critical. if we don't help each other, if we just keep judging each other, we will fall apart. We will. We will. Exactly. And that's, you know, time and again, whether... Yeah. Like in in the Quran, we see the impact of judgment. In the Hadith, we see the impact of judgment, and it's it's amazing to me how like I I'm gonna butcher this Hadith, but the Prophet was asked what is knowledge, and he was he was he said it's it's to learn it, it's to reflect, it's to implement, it's to teach, and I find we are just always at the learning stage. And we all collectively need to go into the implementation stage. The greatest, it's the greatest excuse not to implement yeah. is to keep learning. We've been taught about backbiting yeah. and judgment. And this hadith so, from the 60 mom that you said about taking yeah. care of each other, we can yeah. implement that very easily. Very e- that, and that's the thing. It's like a lot of this is easy if we bring ease to it or if we give that space to actually submit to it. Like if we're not going to resist, like it, you know, I think backbiting and is probably one of the biggest things in our communities that impact us. And and whether that's, you know, whether it is gossiping about somebody's health or their decisions or their perspectives or, or, or whatever, like, uh, period they are in their life, like that is, it's these things, like it's not, so, so when we talk about external media and and all these things like those things have a really detrimental impact on our identity but I always find that it's within our ummah those things impact our soul more because those things we know are coming from Muslims who have been taught generally speaking you know the same foundations that we have been taught and we're not adhering to this so it's no wonder that 
you know, when we're not submitting to very clear cut guidelines that Islam is a holistic faith. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It, it impacts us socially, emotionally, physiologically, physically. Like it has all these holistic impacts. So when God guides us to something, he's not guiding us just for the sake of it, for one particular perspective in our life. Like it has a holistic impact. And it, it's just amazing that you know, if if we can just remind ourselves and guide one another to goodness and take a, each other away from evil, like God is a light upon light. Like everything he is, is infused with light. So imagine a world where we're submitting to that light, what kind of a light world we would have, like what kind of a beautiful world we would have and you know we're coming into Ramadan and it's it's a time to know God it's a time to read um but I always fall back on like how do we trust one another if we don't trust ourselves or we trust God but how do you trust a God where all you're being fed is primarily fear of Allah and it's not to say that we shouldn't have a balance. Like we should, like God is the greatest. Right. And so he is that all powerful. Like, I'm not going to say that he's, yeah, yeah, you know, he can do these things. But, but at the same time, you look at the verses of the Quran, it's mostly about love. You look at who God is and how he wants to be known. It's all about beauty and all about love. Like if we don't take the time to know God, then we don't know who we are trusting. We don't, then right. if we don't know who we're trusting, we don't know how to trust, which he shows us all of that. But if we, right. if we are not actively seeking to know who he is, we can't actively open our hearts to him. And in opening our hearts to him, we open our hearts to others and we open mm -hmm. our hearts to ourselves. And like, I think it's just such a, a base level kind of perspective that we can work on. Like this is like, a, it's like an action point that we all can be leaders of what we're all leaders of our own nafs we're all in charge of it but what are we leading it to and what are we leading it again like either you're leading it toward towards the path of Allah or you're leading it towards the whispers of shaitan like we we do have those choices to make but when we're talking about those everyday things like you're saying like um, you know, you're going to work, you're, you're figuring out who you are at work. And if you're, um, if you're good enough in that sphere, if you're good enough as a parent, if you're good enough as, as a Muslim, as a mu'min, I, I always like to remind myself that it's, it's in the remembrance that our hearts feel ease. And it, it's just, it's just about flicking all, flipping all of those things so that the niyat is that, okay, I, hopefully I will remember God like I'll do this in the way of Allah and mm -hmm. and that kind of you know that kind of like it, it does bring personally it brings me ease because I'm like yeah like at the end of the day if this isn't if this isn't working just by remembering him I'm remembering I'm reminded of the foundations of who he is or the of the foundations of how I know Islam to be um and that's another thing you know we're we're not all blessed to have beautiful foundations some of us are have experienced a different side of spirituality that i pray that allah you know brings us all healing and and shows us mercy for all of how we how we teach islam to one another or how we through our actions or through our words but um but it, it it's just one of those things where i'm like okay well i didn't you know uh, say I didn't go to Thursday night, right? Like I say, I didn't do this, but throughout the day I was remembering him. 
throughout the day, whatever struggles I was having, I was also bringing him into it. And so I always find like one of those, the easiest things is to just talk to him. Like, and, and that is remembrance of him. So even if we're all, it's not, we're, it doesn't mean that we're not going to struggle with it, but it just alleviates a burden to the one who is all merciful, who is all just, who, who does, who has our back at the end of the day in ways we don't even know. Like, you know, when we talk yeah. about things like having mercy on ourselves or on others, we have such a limited understanding because we have such particular definitions of mercy or we have been shown such particular examples of mercy but God is the all merciful he has definitions and experiences and 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 ways that we don't we can even comprehend and so when we put limits on God um you know it it impacts us mentally because we then are yeah, like we're putting limits on our belief on him and the impact that that can have or on his ability to take care of us. So that's why like it's so important to just, for me is what I've learned is that it's so important to know who he is now. Um, and for me, like with Ramadan coming up, that's one of the things that I want to focus on is is learning who he is and how do I implement it in one act? You know, like Imam, I think it's Imam Bakir who says that, Allah loves nothing more than the performance of an action, even but just doing it, maintain, maintaining it regularly. So even if your action this Ramadan, for example, is to remember him the minute you wake up or remember him as your, I don't know, watching mukbangs on YouTube <laughs> because you're so hungry and you're like, I want to eat everything. But you know yeah. what? I'm going to remember where this food came from, you know? Like something yeah. as simple and bizarre as that. But like, yeah. just, rem just remember him. Maybe that's your daily action is just remembering him because we can, it's so easy to be deluded by this world. It's so easy to get distracted from this world. And that's personally something I've experienced this past year. Like I've been distracted like no other. I've been... I've been, you know, I, I, at one point I probably would have said, I'm so tired of trying, but actually I've learned that not trying to remember Allah is even more exhausting <laughs> because you're then actually submitting to this dunya and this dunya is just not it, man. It's not it. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's tough. Um, but when you, when you think and you reflect on who he is, even in small, like, I'm not saying like you're having epiphanies every three seconds, you know, but it's just, you brought him into your day for two minutes. That's beautiful. That's, you remembered him in a way that you didn't do two minutes ago. We don't, life is not guaranteed. So if, if we're taking that time to just say, you know what, in this moment, I've been reminded of God and I'm going to thank Allah in that moment. Have mercy on yourselves. God loves that. God, God is all merciful and, and we, in order to know mercy, we need to show ourselves mercy, I think. No, I'm just thinking that, you know, when we think about Allah, like we, to love him is to love his creations, to show mm. kindness to his creations, to expect mercy from him. We should also emulate that same mercy towards others. Mm -hmm. There's a lot we can take from just, yeah, we know there are 99 names of Allah to know him and to remember him. But like you said, knowing yeah. and then implementing yeah yeah you remember Allah you remember his attributes and then you try and just implement them even if you're just one percent better in day one than exactly. you were in day two I think exactly you're making, you're making progress yeah and, and it's like you're climbing a ladder and sometimes you're going to fall off the ladder and it's going to hurt 
And sometimes you're going to be up there. And then it's also when you're up there, what are you doing? You're also responsible for bringing other people up that ladder. So it's like you're saying, like when we know God and when we implement that knowledge, then it's our duty to to teach and to bring people up with that knowledge. And that could just be through your actions. And that's why, again, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why, again, like just having that base level of compassion and mercy for one another can do so much that we just wouldn't even like be seen and the unseen. Yeah. Um, So a lot of what you speak about on the podcast, on your podcast is based on the day-to-day realities of Shia living in the West Ramadan is a beautiful month of spirituality, connection, remembrance of Allah, and upliftment. But sometimes it's hard to stay in that mindset or even to get there. Mm. Um, We're recording this podcast right before Ramadan. And I know I've spoken to a number of friends who are like, I'm just not, I can't seem to get there. I just can't. Like it's coming up so quickly and I know it'll be over so quickly. It's just some sometimes it's hard to get into that framework of spirituality of the beauty of Ramadan. Maybe it's the pressure of it's, it's one month, get it together. You've only got one month better, you know, figure it out, but it's just, there's this constant burnout. Mm-hmm. It's exhaustion. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether it's from whether it's post COVID, I'm not sure whether it's just balancing all these different roles. It's trying to, you know, step up to the plate when we see so many people doing so many different things, uh, whether it's on social or just around us. And sometimes I think it's, some of us are feeling, well, I've asked for certain duas year after year, they haven't come true. Mm -hmm. And then you feel ungrateful. Are you yeah. feeling this way or have you yeah. seen it? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. No, I, I, I really am. Like I, like I said, like I, you know, what's humbling is, is a reminder that you will always need God because I would say until last Ramadan, I was on a high. Like I, I went through an experience and I was able to channel it in a way that I then I became closer to Allah. But damn, when I felt like, like, and, and that's not to, yeah, I felt hard. And that's not, you know, alhamdulillah, I, I still maintain my wajibats and everything. But when you experience a certain level of, of um, connection, and then for, you know, at the end of the day, there's that, there's that beautiful Afghan proverb that says, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, who moved? Was it you or God? I moved I moved I really did I I got I got really distracted by the world okay I did move but and and there's consequences for all of that like it's it's sometimes I find that the emotional like you were saying the guilt of not being Mm -hmm. a good enough Muslim like that's what tears me that's what tears me personally like I'm like I'm not doing this well enough I haven't thought this I haven't done this I haven't you know done this amal I haven't yeah. I, you know I didn't fast in this good day that I should like this recommended fast I I you know I had this negative thought and all these things like there's always just something to be working on yeah. and and I'm it's just it's amazing to me like I always want to know like probably one of the biggest questions I have for God is like, how much are we stressing over that? You're like, girl, like, okay, you didn't do it, but you also did this, 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 and this. 
Yeah. Or like you also like you smiled at somebody. That's charity. God makes it so easy for us. Like I really think half of the stuff is what I've come to learn is that I make it difficult for myself. <laughs> yeah. I will like overthink it or I will compare myself and like you know we've been talking about social media as well. Sometimes it is hard. Like I had to step back because I was going through social media and being like, "Oh, what? You know what? Like uh, they're they're talking about this today and I'm just not feeling like this level of connection and and I think maybe the way I compare it is different because I'm also looking at different Islamic platforms and stuff but I've always maintained like on my platform I'm very open about when I'm feeling down like I'm I'm very open when I'm feeling not connected and I always say I'm like I don't want my platform to be a place where you feel judged or you don't feel good about yourself these are all reminders and like these are all ways for all of us to work together but I will say like I can't do it today. Like I I can't figure it out. Like I can't I don't understand why my mind frame is so negative today or yeah. or for a period of time, you know? Or like why do I feel burdened by everything where there was a time where I felt very light and very comforted and very much at ease and content and satisfied through the remembrance of him. Um and you know, there's no right answer on on spirituality, but I I always like take I've come to learn that, you know, we talk about self-care a lot now, I think. And I always find that the way we talk about it in the West, it, it's kind of co-opted by capitalism. It's like, you need to buy this and this will fix you. And, and this is how you need to take yeah. care of yourself. And it's all very individualistic. But like I like we all know, Islam is holistic. And um, it, it it is a, like, I think Islam itself is self-care. Um, but it's not a burdensome self-care. Like there's this beautiful ayah in the Quran, Surah Al-Maidah, and it says, oh, you who believe, you have charge of your own souls. He who is astray cannot harm you if you are rightly guided unto God um, shall be your return altogether and, the sh- and he shall inform you of all you used to do. And I think it's that first part where it's like you are in charge of your soul. And it's if you are rightly guided, what is right guidance? It's to know good, and it's to know and, and to stay away from evil. It's to guide yourself towards good and it's to guide yourself away from evil. And it's like, it's this, it's this way of self-care where it's, it's not just for us, it's for the community. It's like when you guide yourself towards goodness or your community guides you to good, goodness, it's going back to that light upon light. It's like, what can we do for our community just by taking care of ourselves and by taking care of our nafs? and and having that mercy on it like I'm I don't feel ready I really don't like I I'm not in the spiritual high and I haven't done you know like all these Rajab and Shaban Amals and you know like I I I I think the 15th was when I really felt that little bit of like okay yes I do feel comforted right now and it is beautiful and and I was reminded of why why it is um, a blessing to do these amals and stuff and 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 you know part of it was doing the amals together part of it was taking that time to just read uh, a little bit of of what we were reciting and not you know being a puppet to it and everything but it it's yeah I, I'm not feeling I don't feel ready I don't feel like I sometimes it's one of those if you know you know you know you know when you felt ready and you know when you feel like depleted um but I'm trying to say that there is no expectation for this month it's just to do 
it, it, it's a time where shaitan is gone and it's for me to figure out, okay, what actually is going on with me? <laughs> like, it, yeah. what, it, what is the distraction versus what is the reality? And I think that's something that I'm really looking forward to because I, I feel like I've been distracted by so much in this dunya. Um, and I want to know what, A, what has the impact been on that? And B, what is it that I actually can just omit out of my lifestyle? Like sometimes mm-hmm. there is so much we don't have control over. And, 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 you know, we do have to submit to what, is yours was yours what will be is be what and and the timing will come and and you know all those things are our hidden blessings sometimes you don't get what you what you're asking for because there's something better for you or or it's a way the asking is the way for you to get closer and all these things but sometimes it's like we do actually have more control than we than we like ourselves to believe um because it's it's hard to let go of certain comforts. It's hard to let go of certain perspectives that, that you know what, they are there because they've, they've helped your survival. Like it's not that they've been of disuse or that they're useless, um, but it, maybe it doesn't help you now in this, in this time. So I'm personally just looking forward to Ramadan being a reflective time of like, girl what is going on with you like what is like genuinely what is it what do you need from this month and it it doesn't mean that you have to come into this month having figured it all out and then I've got like plan a to b and it's all mapped out and every day I'm gonna do this and follow this approach it with curiosity like that is a lot of life like I'm just approaching this month with curiosity of like I think I stopped seeing Ramadan as this be all end all month a couple years, like a, I'm going to say about seven years ago. And I really started approaching it as just an opportunity. It's a stepping stone. It's the time to build a habit and whatever that habit is. Like, you know, I used to approach this month that I'm going to do like, I'm going to read the whole Quran and then I'm going to read the meaning and then yeah. I'm going to read these ahadis yes. and then I'm going to like listen to every lecture possible like for all like all the Mulanas doing their tour. Like I'm going to well, listen to every single lecture possible. There's like 15 on YouTube every night. Yeah, so be, exactly. Like how many, right. how many do you get through? Exactly. <laughs> and then you're, you're also just like going back to we have an overconsumption of knowledge where we're not implementing it. Like you're, you're being you're you know it it is beautiful that there is so much out there in the sense of you may not connect to one but you have the opportunity to connect to another scholar and what they're what they're sharing but you don't need to do it all like it's not sustainable I think I think the biggest thing is like what is sustainable to your lifestyle like God is not comparing you to others if God wanted to compare you to others he just wouldn't have created you I feel like you are here for your own potential for your own purpose it has beauty and it has merit it is not for others like he hasn't cloned us all like we all have a beautiful way of journeying towards him and even in those struggles the way we find remembrance of him and through him that's all he wants like he just wants to be seen he just wants to be known and I I find like for me this Ramadan like I I'm really trying not to feel guilty about not knowing how I'm coming into this month. Mm-hmm. I'm really trying to feel like, you know what? 
if I inshallah make it to the month, every moment is an opportunity and that it's never too late. So long as we are remembering, so long as we are trying to actively guide ourselves. And, and even if we're not, you know, God willing, there's still time. There's still that opportunity to say, no, I submit. And I see you Allah, And I want, I want to see you in the best of ways. Um, so yeah, I'm really trying not to have a lot of guilt going into this month of I'm not here and I'm not feeling this way. And I've picked up the Quran a handful of times, you know, in the past couple of months, like this is an opportunity. This, let me explore, like, what can I sustain to this moment of life? Like life is not passive and it doesn't become passive in Ramadan either. Like it is a beautiful month where the Ummah kind of, like it is such an incredible opportunity to have this focused time. And I, I definitely think, I mean, I know like there's, it's such a blessed month in the sense of like, you can do more than you ever thought, than you can do usually. Like even whether you want to or not, like it, the, this month still like time, time is elevated in this month. It's not to say that it goes slowly or anything, but it's just elevated. Like every, every second has more bounties and blessings. So if sleep is a blessing, like sleep, sleep, like that's yeah. you know what take the time to take care of yourself and sleep because it will make you a better person for tomorrow for yourself and your family and your environment like I think that the mercy and the blessing is there sometimes like I like to approach life with a sense of wonder which is really difficult the older you get you become more jaded you become more distracted there's more pressure on you and everything but you know, even if taking this month to reflect, to, to find wonder again, like just find it, it doesn't necessarily like, and, and this is not to say don't recite Quran, like do all those things, like, but do it to the, to what's sustainable to you. If reading one ayah a day is sustainable and you're going to reflect on that ayah, that's incredible because that's going to have monumental impact for how you're going to set yourself up for the next the next 12 months before Ramadan comes right like it's right. it's um yeah like I I just think approach it yeah I don't know I I'm just yeah. trying to approach it with that sense of grace that I know Allah has for me no I think that's an excellent way I think if you're going into Ramadan feeling that burnout adding more pressure to yourself doesn't doesn't help get the most out of <laughs> this time out of this month um it just it it it'll it'll cost you more than you would think so I think if you're in this month with this exhaustion then you should take a step back and maybe just do the one or two things yeah uh, and, and, yeah. yeah go ahead I just I just wanted to say that like I think in um taking care of yourself this month like let's just remind ourselves that when we put our nia towards Allah everything is a form of worship and that he will bring us that ease that we are we're praying for um and he might do it in ways we couldn't even expect so um yeah I think just I think having that mercy and taking care of oneself so that you can take care of the Oma is just, yeah. it's a, this is a month to, to bring out the light within you so that you can reflect that light for the Oma. And ultimately yeah. God's light is what 
penetrates time and space. Yeah. Uh, last question. So on Rogue Muslim, through your social media posts, you explore the concept of tawakkul. But what happens when life just feels so overwhelming and tiring? Like, how do you feel we can have faith through it all? The wakal as a concept is one thing, like you said, the knowledge, but the wakal in the moments of, are you serious? Another trial, <laughs> another test, what? Like, she has it easy, why don't I have it easy? This is something, no matter how many lectures we listen to, no matter how many muharams we go through, we, I feel, constantly go back to that questioning constantly go back to that when will it just be a little easier mm -hmm. what is the purpose of all this like I get it the tests are supposed to bring me closer to him but I'm also very tired mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's I think it's one of those things where this is this is where I feel like we can alleviate so much burden if we just talk about this stuff. Like I, I don't have like a particular answer, but I always know that there, I do always find ease in talking to people and just relieving that burden. It's something like, it's really tough because you also feel guilt for not having that the walk call. So that's on top yeah. of all of the exhaustion you're already feeling. And then you're like, oh, well, I don't have the walk call, so I'm a bad Muslim. And, and, and no one God, getting you know, tested. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you're like, is this a reason? Like, is this why? Is this a punishment? Like, what? what is it? We don't know the reasons behind all these things. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it, then it comes this like question of like free will and predestination of like, well, what am I predestined to and what, what do I have control over? And, and, yeah. and in this moment or, you know, with this test, did I make the decision that led me to this and I should have made another one and all these things like, you know, I, I just try and I remember actually talking to my cousin about free will and predestination because I was like, I don't get this like yeah what what is this life and he said like the way he thinks about it is like a map and you have the opportunity to go straight you have the opportunity to go right you can go left you can't really reverse it in life but you can go all those other directions but god knows every direction you're going to take whatever choice you make so you have the free will to make that choice but god willing like at the end of the at the your end destination is god so whatever journey you take have the conviction that he's going to lead you back to him or lead you towards him. I'm not going to say back to him. He's going to lead you towards him because our, our difficulties are what strengthen us. Our difficulties ultimately are what bring us closer to him. And it's hard to be thankful when we don't have that inner knowledge. So sometimes, and, and that knowledge in like the whole sense of learning, implementing, acting, teaching all that stuff like it's it's hard to be thankful for when we don't know necessarily the whole the whole spectrum of that gratitude if that makes sense like our purpose ultimately is to worship him and so whatever test we are we are faced with or tests and how do we maintain that our purpose, which is still to worship him at the end of the day. And sometimes I find that remembering that you are here to remember him. Yeah. And, and sometimes it, it just knowing that ultimately that's what you're here for. It, 
alleviates and it also fades like everything we think is important if we're going to speak in like a practical term like i i find that when i when i hit these walls of like exhaustion ultimately islam is a religion of love and a, and a faith of love so i love going back to love languages um of like so there's five love languages which is like um acts of service uh gift giving quality time words of affirmation and and sometimes it's you think you can't do more but i think love kind of heals a lot and it sounds cheesy yeah. but like sometimes it is just whether or not i need that love and that's from allah that's from my family that's from my community members like we need to learn how to communicate our needs as well it, that's such a big part of not being alone in this world and not feeling that that whole burden is on us like um, imam hussein communicated his needs and then people came and supported in the ways that they could and so communicate what you need and sometimes it's not about receiving love sometimes to feel that that sense of thankfulness or to feel that the burden isn't so hard is to externalize sometimes it's to give the love so how can you serve a community like serve a creation of allah how can you say something nice to a creation of allah or to allah right like it it's it's how do we build in in those moments of exhaustion that allah will also he will alleviate it like we 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 know that but sometimes it's hard to believe that um and so how can you alleviate it for others so that you know what that looks like when the time comes for you or what, as it's happening to you right um so yeah i mean that's kind of like a practical way i like to approach with having that conviction is that sometimes it's just figuring out what you need in that moment um mm-hmm. either to give or to receive so that you know what it can look like when the time comes for you or it just does, helps establish your journey of tawakkul so that you you then know god through yourself and through others um and it and it brings ease physically mentally emotionally to some of those burdens and maybe it even helps shift perspectives because what could be a burden in one moment you can you know after some time it you see it as having been an opportunity or you see it as having been a blessing and doesn't mean you're going to go from one to another straight away we're always wow. going to be tested um but it's it's like how do we have the spiritual toolkit within us um that will that we can pull from in those yeah. moments of hardship so you we all can define our, for ourselves what a spiritual toolkit is like mine is serving others talking with others like going for walks in nature or um you know having conversations with non-muslims that's something that really lifts me spiritually um you know like being around kids and their their beauty and their blessings and their innocence like it's it's whatever it is for you that is in your toolkit that you can pull towards that inshallah with that niyat it it elevates your your level of being in this world uh, whether that's for a minute whether that's for a moment whether that's for a week whether that's for whatever that time period is but we always try and and support one another towards that conviction yeah i think that's an excellent excellent way to leave it um 
Thank you so much, Samia, for our discussion today. This was enlightening and helpful and healing all at once. Uh, before we let you go, where can <laughs> before we let you go, where can people see more of your work? Um, yeah, so I um, I'm primarily on social media right now. So all my um, Instagram, Twitter handles are at the Rogue Muslim. Um, I do have a podcast. It's called the Rogue Muslim, and that can be found on all um, streaming platforms. And inshallah, um, with everyone's prayers, I can also get back to it because this has just reminded me how much I love having spiritual conversations. And thank you seriously for this honor and like for just. Um, bringing ease to my heart today I really yeah I really oh. do feel just so much love for Allah and for his creations and you oh well we can't wait to hear more episodes for you. you join us again next month thank you again to our listeners for joining us on Sukun a Muslim wellness podcast by Nasimko you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts Spotify or on your on our website nasimko.org to keep this vital work going, please consider donating under General Fund. Your contributions could land you a special shout out on our next show. Until next time, salam alaikum.